eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone. As he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, Now, up to to bat, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Boone. Today on the program, I sit down with a screenwriter, director, producer, actor, and podcaster. But most importantly, he's the creator of my favorite series of all time. And I'm a big show watcher. Uh, this is this is my favorite. That show is Entourage, HBO's Entourage. Ladies and gentlemen, Doug Allen. Doug, thanks for coming on the program. Thank you. My, my favorite credit is actor. Because uh, most would not say that, but I like it. Yeah, because I've I've seen you. I know you've you've been uh, you had a couple cameos in your own show. Yeah, uh, we, no do a, me. we do a uh, on this podcast on on Fridays. I do I I do a turning two with Booney, and it's just kind of us BSing about the week. What's what's gone on? We'll touch on a sports subject, but we have it at the end. Uh, what's Boone watching? And you know, I, I'll come up with what I'm watching for the week because I've turned into one of those guys. I've watched so many shows. I'm all over the map. I go from, you know, from one genre to the other. But there's only one show I've watched twice, and it's yours. It's my favorite of all time. Uh, I don't know. Something captured me when I watched it. was fun. It had a little goofy to it. But at the same time, I thought, wow, is that what it's really like in Hollywood? Because as athletes – you know, it, it's the Hollywood thing's always intriguing and, and probably and I and I've, you know, I've met and known a lot of actors that the the athlete thing's really intriguing. But I thought it was I thought it was so cool. So coming out of Thank the shoot, you. I thought I thought I'd let you know that. I appreciate it. And I think, you know, a lot of athletes liked us because they related in the same way. And, you know, the, sh- the show was essentially, you know, it was inspired by Mark Wahlberg, but it was also based on, on my life. And it was taking, you know working class kids who have, you know, one friend who makes it and they all join in. So obviously that happens a lot with Hollywood as well as, uh, as well as with athletes. So I think a lot of athletes related to it, you know, when, when LeBron James was on our show, 
you know, and he brought, it's wild to see them now because when he brought to the set Maverick Carter and Rich Paul, who now, you know, have, have made it in their own right. He was like, this is my E, this is my turtle. And I forget, I think he had a drama as well, but you know, that always made me feel great about it because that's what we were really trying to do is capture a, a group of friends that, you know, the, the end goal was really the loyalty was more important than any of the, the monetary successes that they had along the way. So. Yeah, I'm sure with all the success of it, everybody knows Entourage. Everybody's watched it uh, for the most part. Any, What's the most random person, though, ever to come up to you? Guy you wouldn't think, or gal, hmm. wouldn't think it would be their favorite and said, hey, Doug, I just want to tell you, it is my favorite. Like me, coming out of the shoot, it's like, no, it is. I All these shows, when I, when I heard that we had a chance to have you on, I said, that's my favorite show. I'd love to talk to him about it. Well, I appreciate it. Well, I mean – I didn't, he didn't come up to me, but when I heard that Obama, President Obama, really, show, that was pretty, it was pretty shocking. Not because I would think he would like the show, but the fact you see how much the world has changed. Cause I don't think there's a world where the president of the United States would say that type of material is his favorite show. But back then he did, we were actually supposed to go to the white house um, and screen it for him. But I don't know, there was some, uh, some other thing came up, so it never happened, but. Uh, I've been out of the game for a bit now. I've been retired 15 years and, and kind of as you, as you move on, uh, you know, when you're in it, you're not as self-aware you get away from, you kind of know what you were known for. You know, you're a glove guy, you got <laughs> some power. Uh, I had a little bat flip that I, and, but as you get a, a away from the game, uh, you kind of know what your legacy is. What's as you get a little bit away now from you had the series ran for eight years, you filmed, you did the movie entourage. Now you're a little removed from it. It's, it's gone a little bit. What's, what's entourage's legacy? Well, you know, it's wild because it, it changes and you never know. I mean, when you make something or even as athletes, I mean, we, we see it now as they revise who the greatest of all time is in every sport and they debate the errors and all of this, you never know what will, will last. And, you know, uh, what, what's amazing to me for Entourage is, you know, it went through a couple of years. We had this this cultural transformation, or at least we had the media claiming we had this cultural transformation. And they kind of really attacked the show for a couple of years out of nowhere. When we were really when we started, we were a very critically acclaimed show, even by the liberal papers like The New York Times, et cetera. But the last couple of years, all of a sudden or, or the, before the pandemic, it really was like all of a sudden articles being written trashing entourage and let's revisit how awful these people are and, blah, 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 blah. and it was really strange um but i think the pendulum has swung back to a large degree and i think the pandemic got a whole new generation of kids watching it and appreciating again whether there's foul language or whether there's things that are of that time ultimately people get what the show is it's a show about friendship and everybody wishes you know, more than they had that movie star success, they wish they had friends who were that loyal to them because most of us know that that's not reality. But, um, you know, we started doing this podcast, Victory the Podcast, I do with a couple of the actors, Kevin Dillon and Kevin Conley. And one of the reasons I wanted to do it was to restore our legacy in some way, you know. And we also have a new show we just finished, me, Dylan Conley, Charlie Sheen, Martin Sheen, um, that we're trying to get out there. So, um, but, you know, you can't control your legacy. You know, you can only do the best you can and hope, you know, hope things will work out. So um, I think the good news is right now it feels like we're on an upswing. And I hope um, since I have a new baby, I'm hoping uh, by the time she turns, you know, 14 or 15, people will think she's cool in high school like they did my my younger kids, you know, my older kids. I mean, 
Very cool. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Last thing, we'll move on to some, some other stuff I'm interested about, just your life and, and things you've been doing. Um, I think a great, I think a great movies that are, that are turned into, to series and, and the one that comes to mind for me, and this is outdating myself to a lot of guys out there listening to the boom podcast was mash. It was originally a movie. Now it turned into one of the, one of the great sitcoms back in the day of all time. You got to be of a, of a certain generation to even remember mash, but, but I do, but not many series like entourage get made into movies. Is that is that pretty normal in the industry? No, it's it's pretty rare, and uh, so it's it's kind of a a big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. To be honest with you, I didn't really want to do it as a movie, even though you know it's another thing of about where the culture changed. If you you know what they do in Hollywood is you test your movie, you take it out to screenings, and they they test it, and we tested through the roof. We were probably the highest Warner Brothers testing movie uh, comedy certainly of the year. And I remember the studio had said, frame these test scores because you'll never see them again in your career. And when the movie came out, as I was just saying, every single review was about these rich, white misogynists. (laughs) And the same people that were writing how great the show was years before were all of a sudden torturing it. And it it was strange. And at, at the same time, which I think we see a lot now with movies that are coming out, the difference between the critics and the audience score, which you can see right. on Rotten Tomatoes. But we were the highest rated movie of the weekend on the exit polls, meaning the people who paid their 14 bucks or whatever it cost walked out. They asked, what do you think of the movie? We rated higher than the top five movies, but we didn't make the money that we did. But at the same time, I, you know what I love about television um, more than necessarily movies is that you can you can do long form storytelling and what I liked about Entourage is we were able to make small moments and continue them on. And I felt in the 90-minute format, for me, it was a little it was a little rushed, even though, again, I'm still happy with the movie. But um, I would have preferred to do another season. Yeah, that's – I'm always looking at the rotten – what's the Rotten Tomatoes? What's the Metacritic? I don't even know what a Metacritic is. Yeah. But, then, but then I see the audience score. Well, 96% of the people that watch this movie liked it. Well, yeah. I, I'm thinking that's people like me that are just kind of going to the movie to, to, to get away and, and be entertained for a couple hours. Well, you can see what you know has changed so much in journalism and criticism. These are mostly, you know, whether they're Ivy League educated or not, they're growing into this world of where, you know, they, they are so not looking at most of the world and they're looking at their little insulated bubble. And I think you're really seeing that drift, which is why the the movie and the television critic has really almost been eradicated. Nobody really cares anymore. I mean, um, when my first movie came out, um, which did not get good reviews, I was devastated because it meant everything. And again, similar thing. uh, We had the highest exit polls of the weekend with that movie too. It was called, kissing a fool and it came out the same weekend as the movie the wedding singer adam sandler's movie 
And we actually had higher exit polls than, than The Wedding Singer. But the movie made no money and the critics torched us. And, uh, you know, now I think there's been that reckoning, which is why it's interesting of the whole world now. You can do a podcast. I can do a podcast. And whether we're, whether we're good at it or great at it, we're able to do it and, and we can find our audience and they can judge us. But back then, there was just such a limited amount of people. And you had people like Roger Ebert, who actually said after my movie came out that I should go to screenwriting class. And I'm like, you know, Roger Ebert, God rest his soul, who was a good movie critic. I mean, he wrote one of the worst movies ever made, you know. And um, so but they got to do that and they could really shut your movie down. Um, So now I think, you know, we're lucky enough that the critics have kind of been neutralized and um, now really the gatekeepers are the people with the money. And hopefully you can find that so you can go make what you want, you know? No. And I think you're right. I mean, it did, it, it, it kind of swung and, and people are always saying, Oh, you said the word misogynistic. And I just went until about four or five years ago, I've never heard that word in my life. You know, I've never really been a political <laughs> guy, but I, I, I see what you're saying and I see how it's swinging back down. To, you know what? I don't, I, I'm so sick of all this and back and forth and it's kind of swinging back to just let's be normal. Yeah. Um, because I saw started to see it in sports and it started to become a little bit politicized and, I laugh because people ask me, what do those guys really think down in the clubhouse? I said, I'll be honest with you guys. I said, I never one time in my life had a problem, an argument, a real argument. We might debate things, but get upset. Not one time did politics in any manner ever affect a conversation I've ever had in my life. And now it's it's it was like, you know, especially a few years ago, it's a big deal. Yeah. So uh, I, I see what you're saying when it comes to yeah, that. And, and same yeah. that that had to be frustrating for you for from the entourage comments of wait a minute I know this guy and when it was when it was rolling this guy was was uh, on our jock and now yeah. all of a sudden because it's cool to be the other way now you're yeah. gonna go with this you know like you said perfect word to sum it up misogynistic when when I don't know what to say I'll just throw that word out yeah I mean it was it was you know again when you when your kids start to hit that college age and you start to do think about like you know money's pretty good and life's pretty good and and what's left is your legacy and you want your kids to look up to you and feel good and uh you know i i I, you know i'm proud of a a lot of the things that i've done i made a an espn documentary about you know the knicks and the civil rights and then i've had a lot of things that you know i try to make a harriet tubman movie with viola davis so there are lots of things and lots of interest that i had in my life so to all of a sudden start seeing people call entourage racist or homophobic when you know it it, it was it was really upsetting because a we were beloved in the african-american community um which made me feel great you know at the time um and you know the show again was not um there, there was never a hurtful thing ever meant in that show. So, of course, it hurt when especially when the pandemic was happening and you're sitting in your house and all of a sudden a show that's been off the air for years. The articles from major publications are coming out like we should take a look at this and we should torture these fucking people. You know, I don't know if I'm a lot of curse on this, but uh, you, can, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> you know, so. So, yeah, it was it was definitely frustrating. And it really is interesting to watch how it's turned. Uh, back now because I really do feel like the show has gotten back to that place where it's beloved and if you don't like it don't watch it that's great also you know it's no exactly Um, but I think the whole world has become so polarized it's actually I mean you know we don't have to get political but I I find the times right now very scary and having a new child you know uh, 
um, very worried about the future of, of the world because there is no conversations. And, and you're right, you know, um, you used to be able to talk to people and go back and forth. Now there's there's two sides and there's almost no middle ground at all. And it's pretty scary. So, yeah, I agree with you. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.